Good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. We are um, in our series called How to Get Your Go Back. And uh, we're just glad that you're here. It's a, uh, it's a different sort of Sunday. People are starting to come on. Hello, Lisa. Good to see you. It's a different sort of Sunday. One, I got a cup of coffee. That's a great way to, to be able to, to speak when you got a cup of coffee with you. I don't get to do that too often. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, this is the first time since uh, COVID hit that we are actually uh, coming live from my office and not from the church. And uh, that's because of Hurricane Ida that is hitting right now. So I just want to say uh, to hello to everybody that's joining us online. We're glad that you're joining along with us. And uh, it's going to be a, uh, uh, a great morning together. Uh, taking just a second to add this to my, uh, my own news feed so that more people can join us. Good morning, Deb. Uh, Lisa, everybody, glad to see you. Uh, hold on just a second and I'll share this and we will be in the go mode. Share now public. Awesome. How's everybody this morning? So glad to be on with you live. And I can actually see you guys as you are jumping on and Colin, good to see you, my man. Glad you're here. Can't read that backwards, but it says, uh, we walk by faith and not by sight. We're on a faith journey together, right? And uh, I'm glad that you're here. Uh, I miss our worship time with the Gibson family. Uh, hoping they're joining us online this morning uh, on Facebook Live. Uh, <clears throat> if not, uh, those of you that are watching on YouTube, you'll get to see it a little bit later on demand. And uh, when I ask you, go ahead and be sure and share uh, this post with other people so people can watch along with you. Just go to the share button and hit that. And uh, that way you can invite your friends to uh, share along with you. Uh, there should be a comment card that is uh, uh, a connect card that's there in your comment section. That's a great way to connect with us if you have a prayer request or a prayer need, something like that. That's a great way to uh, get those prayers to us. And we pray over this. We've got an intercessory team that, that loves to pray over those and seek the heart of God and, and pray for the answer to your prayer. So uh, people are steadily climbing on. We're glad to have you uh, with us this morning. We're excited about uh, joining together with you. And uh, remind you that uh, we're in a series called How to Get Your Go Back. And the reason that we are uh, shooting from home, for those of you that may be watching from another location, is because we are under uh, uh, Hurricane Ida is threatening the Gulf Coast and getting ready to hit uh, the, the Louisiana coast, uh, moving into the Louisiana coast right now. And we want to take a moment in just a, uh, a moment and, and spend some time in prayer. And then we'll jump into our message. So how is everybody this morning? Hope you're doing well. Hope everybody's safe. Praying for you. A uh, couple of things just as we get started uh, this morning. I just want to tell you uh, next week we're starting a brand new series that I'm really excited about. And it's called God Still Works Miracles. And I believe that with all my heart, that God still does incredible things in the lives of believers. That God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's what the Bible says. That means that the things that God did, he still does. The things that Jesus did, he does. The things he said, he still says. What he was, he still is. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That should speak some really, really big encouragement to you. Hello, Gibson family. Good morning. So glad to see you, glad everybody's here. Uh, just wanna let you know we've got a couple of things. One is if you would have been entering into Coast this morning, in our lobby, we've got a big table with a bunch of our new small groups for this next season. And uh, I wanna tell you just a little bit about some of the small groups that we have coming up. I'm excited about them. Um, there is um, uh, a list if you go to our website, coastcommunity.org, 
go to the small group area. You can see a list of all of our small groups. You can email us and actually do a, a sign up by email. So you can start signing up for the groups that you want. We're offering several groups uh, this time. We're gonna be adding more and more, but uh, we got several groups that are starting. And I just wanna tell you really quickly a little bit about the groups. We have the Intercessory Prayer Ministry uh, that's headed up by uh, Debbie Nash and Lynn Steele. And we're just excited about um, that group. That's a, a group that's going to meet on Sunday mornings at 9.15 at Coast every Sunday. They're going to be praying together, seeking God together for the service, over prayer requests, uh, that sort of thing. And I'm telling you, I'm really excited about this group. It's going to be a blessing for everybody that's a part of it. Uh, myself and uh, Shri King, we're going to be leading a group on Thursday nights called Freedom. Now, I don't know if you've ever experienced the Freedom class. It's a 13-week small group called Freedom that equips you to live the victorious life. And I believe that everybody struggles with something, that everybody has issues. And the way I like to say it is, I've got issues, you've got issues, all God's children's got issues. And if you don't think you have an issue, <laughs> that's your issue. Anyway, we're going to talk about how to deal with those issues and how to get freedom so that we can really live the Christian life that God is calling us to live. And I just think that's important. Uh, so that's going to be a, a, um, a class that happens on Thursday nights at 630. We'll have a meal together and then we'll jump into a book. There is a book and the cost of the book is $10 and you can sign up for that. Uh, we want you to go through this. We want, I want everybody. If you've not been through this group, man, I want you to sign up. Because my goal is I want everybody that comes into Coast and becomes a part of our church to, to have gone through the Freedom Class. So I really want to encourage you to sign up for that. Uh, there's the BFF group. That's the Best Friends Forever. That's hosted by uh, Pam and Jeff McKinney. And it's designed to get uh, families together, people together for a Bible study with a side of fun, fellowship, and food. Singles ministry, if you're single and you're looking for an opportunity to hang out with other singles, there's the Singles Serving Singles that meets uh, monthly, and there's, they'll have a schedule of events. Um, they're on the card when you come in next week, and that's hosted by uh, Debbie LaRue and Lisa Marquette. There's the Ladies Living Life, it's a ladies' ministry, and they've got all kinds of events uh, throughout the, the year. The next one is in September, which is a uh, spaghetti dinner on Friday the 17th. And uh, there's more information about that. That's hosted by Pam McKinney, June Stevens, Cherie King. There's Fight Club. That's our men's group for all the men watching. And this is where if we were in Coast, they'd all be going, rrr, 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 making that sound, right? That is, the, um, that is a Saturday group, the third Saturday of every month. And then there is the Encouraging Heart Forerunners group. Uh, that's a, if you're passionate about uh, action-oriented ministry, that's, this is what this group is going to do. They're going to be uh, providing meals for people who are ill. They'll be bringing uh, uh, prayer time for our country, uh, needs for widows, encouraged fellowship, and they, they need all kinds of people to come and join that. That's ho hosted by uh, C.K. Dupuy, and uh, it's just a, a great opportunity for you. There's the Made with Love group. That's our food pantry that's feeding our community and making a difference. You know that several of these groups are very action-oriented, and uh, they meet the second and fourth Thursday at Coast at 930. Uh, that's getting everything ready. They have the time together they have a little time of prayer together and then they go in and they're working at feeding our community and that is a powerful time also a part of made with love is the made with love homeless outreach that's led by ron and anna parks oh by the way home with uh made with love is led by uh, Shri king uh, made with love homeless outreach is the second saturday of every month where they go out and minister to the homeless in our community and that's led by ron and anna parks and just everything I've heard about that group has been incredible. So that's some of the small groups that we have. Again, there'll be a table out that you can sign up next week. But if you want to sign up now, you can go onto our website, coastcommunity.org, and sign up for the small groups that are coming up, the season of small groups. We really do believe that God created us 
for relationships and we need each other. And so small groups are very, very important. In fact, I think they are life-changing. So hello to so many that I see uh, joining us. I'm gonna say a special hello. Uh, hi, Kim, hello, Ellen uh, and John, uh, Tom, uh, Carol and the Hebert family. Man, we're so glad that you guys are with us. Uh, just all of you that are joining in, I'm kind of glancing through. Uh, Deb McCurt, Shay, good to see you. Debbie Nash, uh, Daryl Nash, glad to see you. Olivia, I'm glad that you guys are on. Mary Lister, Sheree King, Sherilyn Still, so many. Pam Brooks McKinney, great to see you guys. Jeff, uh, Anna, all the Gibson family, and so many others. We're just glad that you're here and that you're on. And I'm going to say to you that God sees you this morning, that he knows that, that you're here. He sees you and he loves you and that he's with you in everything that you're doing. And so we're so glad that you're here and joining us this week. Hey, I'm going to take a second and just pray over, uh, pray for our people, our friends in uh, the Gulf Coast area that are really being impacted by the storm in Louisiana, Mississippi. And so if you would, would you just take a moment and join with me in praying? Father, I just thank you as we come together as a church, uh, realizing that, that we're spread out in different locations, but we come together for this purpose. And we ask you, Lord, just to protect people. Father, protect lives supernaturally, Lord, protect people. Father, buildings can be rebuilt and all of those sort of things can be, be overcome. But Father, protect lives and watch over people during this storm. Father, we pray that, that you would just be with all of us through this storm. Father, all the way from, from here, all the way to Louisiana and any of the other areas that are being impacted by this storm right now. For people who are who are still at home, maybe, and trying to ride out the storm. Father, if they're dealing with fear, I pray that you'd place your peace around them, that you would just help them to remain safe, watch over them. And Father, we just thank you so much that prayer makes a difference. That Father, that you hear us when we pray. And so Father, we take, we take authority by the blood of Jesus and we pray that your hand would be upon everyone in this storm right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you agreed with me in that prayer, would you just type amen right now in the comment section and just let me know that you're with me? Just type a quick amen. You have a cup of coffee? I've got a cup of coffee this morning. I love that. I am here in my office. Uh, it's the first time that uh, I've spoken from my office on a Sunday morning since uh, COVID first hit. And uh, then, of course, we started doing it online. But hey, Cindy, hello, everybody. Uh, great to see you. So glad that you're with us. Hey, Debbie LaRue. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you for praying along with me on that. You know, we've been in a series called How to Get Your Go Back. And I want you to know that the message notes there are on the Facebook page, on our Facebook page. So you can pull along and follow along with us uh, on those right now. And uh, I would just suggest, if you would, get a pen and a piece of paper so that you can write some notes down and you can track along with me as we finish up our How to Get Your Go Back series. I will remind you, next week we're doing uh, a new series on miracles, that uh, God still does miracles. He still works miracles. And I'm excited about that series. In the very first week, I'm going to start it off with kind of an overview. And I'm going to, I'm going to show you how to pray for miracles. How to pray for miracles. Very biblical, uh, very solid biblically. I'm excited about it. Very, really looking forward to it. So let's jump in this morning. We've been in a series called How to Get Your Go Back. And we've been talking about a statement that Jesus made in John 10.10. 10. He was talking and he said, you know, there's a real thief. There's a real enemy who's coming against families. And his job is to steal, kill, and destroy. In other words, he wants to take you out. He wants, to, he wants to break down your family. He wants to destroy the relationships that you have. He wants, to, he wants to break your hope. He wants to stop you 
from being passionate or having vision or all of those sorts of things. He wants to, he wants to, to tear you down. So, so Jesus says, there's this real enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That was always God's plan for us, is he wants us to have this abundant life. And so we've been talking about that abundant life and what does it look like and how does it help us get our go back? Uh, Thursday morning, I was doing a, a little quiet time. I always do my quiet times in the morning. And uh, as I was praying, I really felt God began to lay a burden, a heavy burden on my heart. And I believe that he spoke to me prophetically to pray. And so I wrote down what I felt like I was supposed to share. And I just want to share it with you this morning. It's on my Facebook page, my personal Facebook page, Robert Pooley. Uh, but I just wanted to read it to you this morning because I believe it's for so many of you that are here. I know some of you have gone through some real challenges. And sometimes when you're going through those challenges, you're struggling. You're thinking, God, where are you in the midst of this? Where are you in the midst of the storm? He's here. He sees you. He's with you. He's helping you to overcome. He's giving you life and speaking strength. And Jesus is here for that abundant life. So this is what I wrote uh, on Thursday. I said, this morning in my quiet time, I began to feel burdened for so many people who are weary during this time. Are you weary? Are you struggling? You've been working to stay strong, but this season has worn you out. You are bone tired. You feel uninspired. I am praying for you today for a time of refreshing, for a season where you begin to dream again and you begin to sense that feeling of hopefulness. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for, and I'm believing for faith to rise up as we begin to hope again. I am praying that we will begin to put our trust fully in God again and trust him relentlessly. We have been in a time where so many have lost their trust because of all that's going on in the world. It is a time for relentless trust. I'm believing for a new season. I'm believing that strength will rise up in your bones, praying for you to stand and having done all, stand. This is my prayer in Jesus' wonderful name. And I just want to say, that's what I'm praying for you. I'm believing for a time of refreshing, a, a time where you begin to realize that God is with you because I know that we're looking at this world and all that's going on around us and so many times we feel stuck. We just feel like we're stuck in the same place. We're doing the same thing over and over and over again. And the truth of the matter is, is that God wants you to get your go back. He wants you to move into this promise that he has for you of abundant life, real life, life that's full of joy, that's full of, but the enemy wants to beat you down. He wants to make you depressed. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your vision. He wants to keep you from having a life of impact. And God is with you. He is with you. All right. So I, I want you to know that he wants you to have clarity. He wants you to have clarity in your purpose. And so in this series, this is what we've talked about. In week one, we talked about vision. We talked about how vision impacts your life. And that vision truly impacts the way we see our past, the way we see our present, and the way we see our future. That vision is really a big deal. And without vision, you can't get where God wants you to go. If you can't see it, you can't move towards it. And so God wants to place vision inside of you. That was week one. In week two, we talked about fuel and said, you can have all the vision in the world. In other words, you could be a souped up, high performance machine with amazing horsepower. But if you have an empty tank, you're not going anywhere, right? If you're not fueled up. And so you have to be constantly fueling up your tank because the world is working hard to empty it every day. Amen? Yeah. Uh, last week, we talked about, I think it was probably one of my favorite messages, we talked about the importance of passion. That passion is so crucial, so important. We talked about the fact that God is passionate about us. God is passionate about you. God is passionate about you. Uh, Ellen and Debbie and uh, John and, and Daryl and, and 
all of you, uh, Cheryl and, and the Hebert family. God, God is passionate about you. He cares about you. And so I want you to remember that. And I wonder what would happen if we would begin to live out this life full of passion, that we woke up every day with an excitement about what God could do in our life today. I'm telling you, I believe we can see some powerful things begin to happen. Hey, Josh, glad you're joining us. Now, this week, this is what I want to do. I want to talk about commitment. Commitment is what I think makes things happen. It's a game changer. I mean, imagine if you were an Olympic athlete, how important would commitment be to your success? I mean, it would be vital. I mean, without commitment, you're not going to do the training that you need to do to get you where you need to go. You have to train to win. You're not going to put in the hours of practice. In fact, if you're not committed, you're not going to last. And it's the same way if you're going to move forward in your life. If you're going to get your go back, you have to be committed. Now, let me just say this from the beginning, because I really want you to understand as we jump into this message that this is a not a one-way street. We, we are committed to God, but you need to know, before you ever made a commitment to God, He was committed to you. In fact, I want to show you in Scripture. Romans 5.8 says this, God demonstrates His own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, before you were before you ever had God in your radar, before you were even thinking about him, he had already made a way for you to come to the Father. He was already committed to you. God committed to you, and he wants us to make a commitment to him. But he committed first. Commitment, guys, is what causes you to excel. It's what takes you to the next level. Psalm 37.5 says this, Commit everything you do to God. How much do you commit to God? Everything. Commit everything you do to God. Trust him to help you do it, and he will. You commit it to him. You trust that he's going to meet you in it, and he's going to meet you there, and he's going to help you. What an amazing promise. When you commit to God, he's right there in the middle of what you're doing, helping you along. The Holy Spirit is walking you through it and helping you navigate all the turns. It's powerful. God is looking. The Bible tells us that God is looking for a committed people. In, in, in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the entire earth, looking for those whose hearts are committed towards him so that he can show himself strong on our behalf. Wow. God wants to show himself strong on your behalf. He's looking for you. When he sees you and sees that you're committed to him, he starts pouring his strength into you so you can become more. You can do things not even under your own strength or your own power, but you can do it in his strength and his power. And I absolutely love that. What an awesome promise. So today, I want to talk about commitment. Now, did you get a pen and paper? Because I want you to write some things down. All right? And I want you to, well, I want you to do a little something. Here's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to give you six questions that you can ask yourself to determine your commitment level. It's kind of, think of it as a diagnostic tool that you can kind of look and see how you're performing. You know, kind of like a, a mechanic runs diagnostics on your car. We're going to run a diagnostic on our lives and see how are we performing? Are we at maximum horsepower? Are we walking in full commitment? And so I want you to write some things down as we go into it. So here are the questions. This is the first one. All right, number one, write this down. Are you worshiping weekly? Weekly. And when I say worshiping weekly, I mean every week, not like weekly, like I'm feeling weak. <laughs> I've just got a bare little amount of worship. No, are you worshiping weekly, every week? Hebrews 10.25 says this. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding worship together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. If you're going to be committed as a believer, as a follower of Christ, weekly worship needs to be a part of your life. I, I remember when I was a brand new believer, uh, I started playing in a Christian rock and roll band right off the bat. And these guys that were in this band 
were like my older brothers in the Lord. And they, they taught me so much. They brought me along and they poured into my life. They were an incredible encouragement to me. And I'll never forget that one of the things that my, my, my friend, one of my best friends on the planet, Keith, Keith used to stress to me over and over again the need to be in church every time the doors are open. <laughs> By the way, if you're watching online, it's okay because the doors aren't open. <laughs> but, but, but normally it is. But let me tell you what Keith did in my heart. He built up this expectancy of what God was going to do. He would tell me, brother, when we meet together, God shows up on the scene, that God inhabits the praises of his people, that when we hit that time of worship, that God shows up on the scene and he's working in our hearts. And wherever Jesus is, anything can happen, that there's miracles that can happen and things can 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 begin to happen. And you just never know what's going to happen on a Sunday morning. And I believe that with all my heart. And I remember I was just excited about going to church. And if something would happen and we couldn't make it, I'd call Keith up and say, hey man, sorry I couldn't make it today. How was church? And the answer was always the same. Dude, you missed it. You should have been there. Man, the people were healed. The sky was raised from the dead. I mean, you took a bad day to be out of church. <laughs> you know, and then, man, it was always that way. So Vicki and I, very early in our Christian walk, we became serious about being in church every single Sunday, every time the doors were open. And, and we, we, we were so committed to it that even the band that I was in, we were touring a lot and playing out on the weekends uh, in different places. Even if we were in a, a city that was far away, if it was within driving distance, even if we had to drive all night to get home, we were going to be home and serve in our local church. So not only were we going out and doing concerts on the weekend, but we would drive some nights all night to get home. And we, we got really inventive on those nights to try and stay awake and, and get yourself uh, get yourself home. And we would roll down the windows. I remember like in the middle of winter, rolling the windows down and this freezing cold air coming in. That'll keep you awake, right? I remember times where uh, we were, we would, we would turn on the radio stations and play like, find a station like an AM radio station that played all night polka music. You know, it was just horrible, but it kept you awake. And we would tell every joke we could ever think of, but it was all important because we were getting home to be in church. And I can tell you how many times we hit the door uh, at, at our houses, our little apartments, wherever we were living, got a shower, turned around, and went right to church, hadn't slept, did a concert the night before, you know, traveling, all that, and then and went, did the did the church service. I was serving in children's ministry, did led the children's ministry for the first through sixth graders. And then, then as soon as church was over, come home and just collapse and fall asleep. And then guess what? <laughs> At six o'clock, it was Sunday night church. Come on, somebody. You guys remember Sunday night church? Man, we would be there for Sunday night church. And we were committed. We were committed to being there every time the doors were open. And our, our pastor used to have a thing uh, every summer called 21 Days Ablaze. And it would be 21 days of church every single night. And I'm telling you, we were there. We were there. We saw God do miracles. I saw people being healed in those services. I saw lives being transformed. I saw marriages put back together. That's what we're looking for. That's what we believe. And I just want you to know that commitment to being in church, that stretched me, but it grew me more than almost anything else. God just used that to put real growth. And you may be wondering, so Robert, are you saying you never miss church after that? No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that if I did miss church, most likely I was sick or I was on vacation. And even on vacation, a lot of times, we'd go to church and catch a church service. So it's just important. It's, listen, it's amazing to me how much stress is relieved when you just simple when you just settle the simple idea in your mind. I'm going to church. I'm going to church this, this week, right? In our house, we called it answering the big question. And even before our daughter Leanna was born, Vicky and I said, when we have kids, we don't ever want it to be a, this question ever asked in our house. Are we going to church this week?
Are we going to church this Sunday? Because everybody just knew it was Sunday. We go into church. And we did. And we did. And it made such a difference. It was a part of who we are. And we look forward to Sundays. Even before I was pastoring, I have always looked forward to Sundays. Now, let me say this. It's not just worshiping on Sundays. Of course, we worship all through the week. And one of my favorite things to do is to put on worship music and just soak in God's presence. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll pick up my guitar. My guitar is right here in, in my office. And I'll sit down and, and grab my guitar and I'll just sing a worship song and, and worship God. And uh, I love that. But my, my week would be incomplete without worshiping with my Coast family. It's important. It's a very important thing. Our verse from Hebrews that we read earlier, I want to read it to you again from the New Century Version. It says, You should not stay away from the church meetings as some are doing, but you should meet together and encourage each other. And see, that's what church is for me. It's a time where maybe I'm encouraging someone or maybe someone's encouraging me, but we are encouraging each other. And I need it in my life. And guys, this isn't about me being legalistic. It's about helping me in my commitment to Christ. And I tell you truthfully, I couldn't make it without my weekly time of worship. If you're going to live a committed life, you need to be involved in a weekly time of worship. So here's what I want you to do. I told you we were doing this as a diagnostic tool. All right? All right? So I want you to write down weekly worship somewhere just on a piece of paper. Write it down. And then beside that, I want you to go from 1 to 10 where you are. 1 being, I don't go very often. 10 being, man, I'm there every time the doors are open. How are you doing? Take a second and rate yourself from 1 to 10. Did you guys let me drink coffee on Sunday morning <laughs> in church? I'm loving having a cup of coffee. All right. Number two, here's the second question. Are you connecting regularly? Are you connecting regularly? I want you to write that down in your notes. And this is the idea of community. Community is such an important part of what we believe at Coast. In fact, it was so important that when we planted Coast and our team was together talking about what were we going to call the church, we decided that we wanted to name the church Coast because we were on the Gulf Coast. And we put the word community, not just Coast Church, but we put community in there because we wanted to be a dedicated, committed community of believers. And of course, we are a church. We're not a center. We're not, you know, a place. We're, we're a church. We are the body of Christ coming together in corporate worship, Coast Community Church. That was so important. Last week, I talked about the idea of loving God and loving people. And one of the best places that you can experience that and experience real community is in a small group. I talked about earlier about my relationship to a group of people, uh, guys that I played in a band with when I was a young believer. Those guys and their families became my first experience. As soon as I became a believer, they became my small group. That's who they were. And our friendships became so close and we became so tight that we're all in different parts of the country and we're still close today. They're still some of my closest friends. And we and most of them are in ministry, uh, in full-time ministry and serving God. But those guys, man, they were a part of my small group. Their families were, were, were family to my family. And uh, they were instrumental in teaching me about commitment. See, here at Coast, we believe that God is calling us to be a church of small groups, not just a church with small groups. Very, very different. We don't just have small groups. We're a church of small groups. And the reason that we do that is because we believe that life change happens best in the context of small group relationships. See, our church services alone won't change your life, but relationships will. And if you don't believe it, well, let me prove it to you. You can't name the last five messages that I spoke at Coast, and they were phenomenal. <laughs> you can't name them. You don't remember. I'm not even sure I remember all five. But let me tell you what you can name. You can name 10 people who had an impact on your life. That's powerful. It makes a difference. 
Relationships make a difference. The Bible says in Acts chapter 5, verse 42, day after day in the temple courts and from house to house. So it was happening not only in the church, it was happening in houses all over. They never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Where were they doing it? In the church, but also house to house. See, we were not made to do life alone. God created us for community. And I believe that small groups provide three things. I'm going to give them to you really quick. One, they provide us with a place to connect with each other. A place to connect with each other. I was thinking about, any of you guys remember the old uh, TV show Cheers? It was set in a bar. And the tagline from the song was, you want to go where everybody knows your name? You know, I think it's, Sad that, that it's easier for that to happen in bars than it is in most churches. And it's, it's because we were built for those relationships that they happen in small groups. Small groups give you a place to connect, have real connecting relationships with other people. And it's important. Second thing is it does is it provides a place to protect each other. It's a place where you've got people that are there to protect you for whatever you're going through and help you. You've got people who have your back, who really are there for you and who really love you. And, and they're there to walk through this life journey together. Third thing, it's a place to grow together. It's a place where iron sharpens iron, the Bible says, where we build into each other and we grow together. Man, and I love our small groups. And I've watched friendships develop and life change happen. I've seen people hit this, this place where they feel safe, you know, and all of a sudden they pull down their mask and they start being honest. This is what I am. This is what's going on in my life. This is how I, how, where I'm struggling and I need, I need some help. And I've seen people come around them and lay hands on them and begin to pray over them and speak encouragement into them and, 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 and love on them. And, and it just makes such a difference. See, as our church continues to grow, it becomes harder and harder to connect with people on Sunday mornings. So small groups become important. In growing churches, small groups are where real relationships are made. Now, if you're not a part of a small group, I want to encourage you to consider it. It's one of the best investments that you can make in yourself and in your family. And as we move into this next season of small groups and as our church grows, we're going to be offering a lot of different options to be a part of it. I want to just say uh, blessings to Debbie uh, and Daryl Nash, who are heading up our small groups. Uh, man, we're so grateful for you guys and so thankful for you. We're excited about this new season. We speak blessings over you guys for that. So here's the second. I want you to write down. Uh, I want you to write down community, and I want you to put from one to ten. How are you doing at connecting regularly? How are you doing? Rate yourself from a one to a ten. One, not so much. Ten, and I'm connected. Let yourself know how you're doing. Here's the third question. After a sip of coffee. Are you growing daily? Are you growing daily? Let me ask you, what do these three statements have in common? I'm going to read three statements, and then I want you to tell me what they have in common. Here's the first one. I think we need to throw out this plant. It is withered. It is brown. It needs to go. Or how about this one? Our company is in trouble. Our net sales have leveled off for the last four quarters. One more. Christina is already two months old, but she hasn't grown beyond her birth weight. We've got to do something. Now, what do those three statements have in common? Well, they all presume that it's in the vital nature of things to grow. All living organisms are programmed by their DNA to go through stages of growth until they finally reach maturity. See, to be fully alive, to have this abundant life, to have your go back by God's design is to constantly be changing and growing. That's a part of our life. So if that's the case, 
Why are some Christians not growing spiritually? Well, I think it's because of a myth that is in the church today. And I want to expose this myth because I think it messes up so many lives. And I think way too many Christians buy into this myth. And the myth is, is that spiritual growth is automatic. I just got to show up and I start growing. I just show up and, and I grow. Uh, you know, you grow by default. Well, nothing can be further for the truth. Spiritual growth, growth is not automatic. It's intentional. You have to decide to grow. In Hebrews 5, it says this. You have been Christians for a long time now, and you ought to be teaching others. In other words, you've been Christians so long, you should be at the place where you're teaching other people about Christ. But instead, it says, you need someone to teach you. When a person is still living on milk, it shows he isn't very far in the Christian life. He's still a baby Christian. Growth is intentional. Good morning, Anna. Good to see you. Well, listen, let me tell you something about spiritual growth. It takes discipline. First Timothy 4, it says this, Take the time and the trouble to keep yourself spiritually fit. Notice what it says. It says it takes time and it takes a bit of trouble. All right? Just like it takes a little bit of time and effort to get yourself physically fit, it takes time and effort to get yourself spiritually fit, all right? So there's two things that you need here if you want to keep growing. The first one is you need a daily time in God's Word. And we talked about this in week two, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. But the Bible says in John 8, if you remain in my Word, in other words, if you continue, it's a continuously part of your life. If you remain in my Word, then you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. There's freedom in that. The Bible is an amazing book. It's so relevant to every single thing that we experience in our life. If you want to be committed to God, you've got to be committed to the Word of God to help you grow. Second thing you need is a daily time of prayer. A daily time of prayer. John 15 says, if you remain in me, close to him, and my words remain in you, then you will ask for anything you wish and you shall have it. In this way, you will become my disciples. Now, what is prayer? Prayer is just simply talking to God. When I'm praying, I'm just simply talking to God like he's my best friend. You know why? Because he is my best friend. He's my best friend. The Holy Spirit is my best friend. And so when I'm talking and when I'm praying, I'm just telling God, I tell him about the good, the bad, and the ugly of my life. I tell him about the, the good parts of my day. I tell him about the bad parts of my day. We rejoice together. He comforts me when I had a bad day. And he's, he's my best friend. Then that's what prayer is. I share the low points. I share the high points. And that's a huge part of prayer. And I really wish I had more time to speak about those two things. But, but let me just say... They're so important, all right? And, and if you're going to be really committed, if you're going to be living life at full go, you need a daily time of prayer and a daily time of reading the Word. So I want you to rate yourself on this. How are you doing on this one? Give yourself a, a, a rating from 1 to 10. Are you growing daily? 1 to 10. How do you think you're doing as far as growing in your faith? How intentional are you in growing your faith? One to 10, how are you doing? It's kind of doing a diagnostic, a checkup of our lives. Here's number four. We're gonna move through these last ones really quickly. Are you serving unselfishly? Are you serving unselfishly? Galatians 6, it says, so let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, say the right time. It's right where you are. Just say it. Right time. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop. There's a good crop coming into our lives. If we don't give up or quit. Right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. Now here at Coast, we have a class called Next Steps. It's our growth track. 
And in this class, we talk about the fact that every member is a minister. In other words, we all have gifts. We all bring different gifts to the table. Everybody has a different gift. And God uses those gifts for serving others. We talk about the fact that your primary gift is your primary area of ministry is serving with your gift. That's your primary area of ministry is taking that gift that God has given you and serving there. Your secondary area of ministry is wherever there's a need. When I was a young believer, we were part of a, a church plant uh, that was there in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And I remember those days with so much fondness because the church we were meeting in, we met in what was a Christian coffee house, which was a place on Fridays and Saturday nights. They had Christian bands and they had snacks and drinks and, you know, uh, popcorn and coffee and Cokes and, you know, all kinds of uh, stuff. And people would come there for those concerts and get ministry and that sort of thing. And then on Sunday mornings, we had a church that met in that building. So on Sunday morning, a bunch of us guys would get together, get there very, very early in the morning. We would set up chairs, vacuum popcorn off the rugs, and we would go and clean the bathrooms. And you might say, so Pastor Robert, are you saying to me that you have the, the spiritual gift of toilet scrubbing? No. I can tell you, I honestly do not have the spiritual gift of toilet scrubbing. But there was a need. There was a need. And guess what? God blessed it. And you know what happened in my life? I went from the mentality of being a consumer, someone who was just going to church to get, to where I became a contributor. I began to come, become somebody who came to serve. And that made a huge difference in my life. See, serving unselfishly says, I'm going to find a place where I can give back, where I can, where I'm com I can be committed, right? Because I'm committed to Christ, but I'm also committed to the body of Christ, the church. There's so many of us at, at Coast, I, I tell you, I want to just say, uh, there's a lot of you that may be watching right now. You're a part of our dream team. That's what we call the people who come in and serve at Coast. You guys are top of the line. You do an amazing job week after week. And we're so proud of you. I'm so proud of you seeing you serve in your gifts and serving unselfishly. And and, and that's a good point, Coast Community Church says. Is, are you a consumer or a contributor? It's okay to be both. That's absolutely right. It is okay to be both. So uh, let me encourage you. This is where the fun gets in when you start serving. When you get off the bench and you get into the game, it becomes great. So on your message notes, I want you to rate yourself on how well you serve unselfishly. Give yourself a rating of 1 to a 10. Just doing a little diagnostic check on how we're doing. Here's the fifth one. Are you giving generously? Are you giving generously? 2 Corinthians 8, 7 says this. But just as you excel in everything, in your faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. In the grace of giving. The Bible tells us to excel in giving. Did you know that if you look at some of the key words in the Bible, the word believe, for example, is found in the Bible 272 times. The word believe, 272 times. The word pray is found 371 times. The word love, big word, important word, 714 times. Did you know that the word give is found in the Bible 2,162 times? 2,162 times the word give. Giving is in the very nature of who God is. In fact, the Bible tells us that God so loved the world. Just John 3, 16, the most famous verse in the Bible. God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. What did he give? He gave his son. That all whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Giving is one of the ways that God shows his love to us. In 2 Corinthians, in Paul's letter, he was writing to them and he was talking to them about this church in Macedonia, the Macedonian church. And they had been going through a tough time financially, but they still gave generously. And this is what Paul writes. He says, For I testified that they gave as much as they were able 
and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service. And I love that. One of the things that I've always said is if I'm committed to God, if I'm given him my life, in other words, if God's got me, if I said to him, God, I, I, I want to walk with you. I give you my life. But if God's got my life, he's got my wallet. <laughs> he's got everything I've owned. I belong to God. And same thing with you. See, we don't own anything on this planet. We just borrow stuff. Like the guitars that you see in the background here. You know, I mean, I don't own those. I'm just using them until my days are over on this planet and somebody else is going to be playing those guys then at that point. You know, I've done a lot of funerals. I've never seen anybody, you know, had their casket and then all of their stuff piled up around the casket because they thought they were taking it with them. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. So, you know, one of the things that I believe is just all belongs to God. Another thing I believe is that you can't outgive God. I just found that out to be true. And Vicki and I, we purchased it in our heart to be generous, that we want to live generously and we want to give to God. And when you do, it's almost like you get into this game with God where God says, let's play a little game and see who can outgive who. And then he adds, but you're not going to win. <laughs> in other words, God is always going to outgive you. He's always going to give back to you more. And I just love that. So on your notes, rate yourself. How are you doing on giving generously? One to a ten. Just do a little diagnostic check. Here's the last one. This is the number six. Man, I'm enjoying our time together. I really, really am. Here's number six. Are you sharing your faith consistently? Are you sharing your faith consistently? Now, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I talked about the idea of telling your story. In fact, we've ordered some bracelets that say, tell your story, just to remind you to tell other people the story of your life. That's coming, that's coming up. Well, we should have them, I think, next week. And, uh, but the question is, are you telling people about what God has done in your life? Are you talking about your relationship with Christ? We've been talking about all through this series, tell people your story. We talked about the fact that when God calls us to be, that, that God calls us to be a witness. And what does a witness do? Well, a witness shares from their experience of what has happened to them. And I like that. You're just simply telling your story. And see, you are an expert at your story. I want to read you a quote from uh, Chuck Swindoll. He says this, the skeptic, may deny your doctrine or attack your church, but he cannot honestly ignore the fact that your life has been changed. He may stop his ears to the presentations of a preacher and the pleadings of an evangelist, but he is somehow attracted to the human interest story of how you, John Q. Public, found peace within. The gospel according to you is one of the greatest weapons that you have in your Christian arsenal. We talked about this verse last week. It used to hang right here in my office, right on this wall, right in front of me. It said, First Peter 3.15, Be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you're living the way you are, and then do it with utmost courtesy. Don't be people over the head. Don't be abrasive about sharing your faith. Be joyful. Let them see the difference. Speak, speak in a way that, that is courteous and loving. Let them see your concern for them. It makes a huge difference. Now, two quick, quick things here. One is that an effective witness lives his life for Christ openly in front of other people. I mean, even if they never say a word about who they are as a believer, uh, it, it, it's all seen in their life. St. Francis of Assisi, very famous quote. He says, preach the word at all times. If necessary, use words. <laughs> in other words, let people see your life and see that you're living your life as a believer, that they see something inside of you that's attractive. I was thinking about a story of a great minister from the early 1900s. He was a Pentecostal preacher. His name was Smith Wigglesworth. Isn't that a great name? Smith Wigglesworth. And if you know anything about him, he, 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 he was big on miracles. There were so many miracles that happened in his life. But I love this story 
There's several stories of Smith Wigglesworth getting on trains to travel to meetings where he was going to preach. And they had the, the cars where you had a person sitting here and a person sitting here. And they're facing each other in these train cars. And there's stories of Smith going down and just sitting down, not saying a word. And people saying to him, sir, you convict me of sin. How can I get saved? He hadn't even said a word. Why? Because the Spirit of God is so alive inside of him, so vibrant in his heart, the people could sense it, and it brought conviction to their heart. I think that's important. So the first thing is that you live your life openly for Christ in front of others. And then the second thing is you need to talk about it. It's not an either or, it's a both and. You, you, you live your life openly as a Christian and let them see your life, but you talk about your faith too. You tell other people, you share your story with other people. And it's impossible for me to be in a conversation with people very long if they don't know me and me not talk about Christ because he is a central part of who I am. He is the central part of who I am, right? And, and so, man, you need to share your faith. I thought about something and I went and dug it up. It took me a little while to find it. But I heard a poem probably 30 years ago from my pastor who shared a little poem called 10 Little Christians. I want to share it with you. This is what it says. 10 little Christians standing in line, one disliked the preacher and then there was nine. Nine little Christians stayed up very late, one slept in and then there was eight. Eight little Christians on the road to heaven, one changed roads, and then there were seven. Seven little Christians got into a fix, one disliked the music, and then there were six. Six little Christians very much alive, one lost interest, and then there were five. Five little Christians wishing they were more started to grumble, and then there were four. Four little Christians as cheerful as could be until one lost his temper, and then there were three. Three little Christians knew not what to do. One stayed out late, and then there were two. Two little Christians, our rhyme is nearly done, differed with each other, and then there was one. One lone Christian, one his neighbor true, brought him to church, and then there was two. Two earnest Christians, each one one more. That doubled their number, and then there were four. Four sincere Christians worked very late, but each one another, and then there was eight. Eight splendid Christians, but nothing rhymes with 16. So just simply know that in four more rhymes, there would be 1,042. And that's quite a church full. <laughs> I love that. God is getting ready. I'm going to speak prophetically to you. God is getting ready to drastically grow this church in the next season. I believe God is going to do something special in this place. And it's going to be significant. And it's going to happen by people openly living their lives as believers, and they're talking to people about their faith, and they're inviting them to come and be a part of what we're doing. You know, we've got the invite cards that we have and we share, and those are great tools to use, but just invite people to come. Invite them to be a part of what we're doing. Ask them to come with you. Uh, again, rate yourself on this. How are you doing on a scale of one to 10? Are you sharing your faith consistently? And here's what I pray you'll do. I pray that you'll look over these six things. You'll look at where you are and ask God to help you, if you're not a 10, to raise it. Even if it's just one level or two, you know, God, show me how to do that. Show me how to take it to the very next level. See, I believe with all my heart that God is looking for a people who are committed to him. Proverbs 16.3 says, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plan will succeed. I love that. Uh, remember, Jesus came so that you might have an abundant life, a life at full go. And that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to live your life on go. He wants you to be able to live for him, live the abundant life. Hey, I want to pray for you. Right now, while your heads are bowed, if you're watching Maybe you're watching on demand. You're not watching the live stream and you're watching later. Listen to me. I believe that God still wants to meet with you in this moment. Do me a favor. Just bow your heads with me. I realize you're in your living room. Just bow your heads. Maybe you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life. 
You've never asked him to come in. Maybe you're struggling in your heart. Maybe you're struggling in your life. I want you to know that God wants to change your life. He wants to make a difference in your life. He wants to bring his joy into your life. Maybe everything just feels fractured in your life. Maybe you've never asked him to be the Lord of your life. I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. Or maybe one time there was a time where you were at full go and you were living the abundant life and somehow maybe life has just worn you down and you've slipped away. Now you need to just say, I'm coming back. Today I'm making the decision. God, I'm coming back to you. I'm going to walk in my faith. I'm going to walk that committed life as a believer. If you're either of those places, I want to say a prayer for you. And then I want you to pray a prayer with me. First of all, Lord, I pray for every single person that, that they're either they've never asked you to come into their life or, that, or you were in their life and they've kind of drifted away and they would say they want to come back. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen them, that you would hear this prayer in Jesus' name. And now pray this prayer along with me right where you are. Just say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. Forgive me for my past. Sorry for the things that I've done. I want to walk in your forgiveness. Give me a purpose for living my life today. Father, I thank you that I know that I have the hope of heaven because I've given my life to you. Help me as best as I know how to walk with you every day, to live my life for you. In Jesus' name, just keep your heads bowed for a second. Maybe you're here and you would say, Robert, I've been struggling in my life. Maybe, you're, maybe you feel like you've lost that abundant life. You've lost that, that purpose. Maybe you've lost your go. And now's the time to really get it back. I just want to pray for you. Father, I pray for everyone that's watching that you would just pour your spirit into them. Lord, I pray for supernaturally that you would just pour your spirit out upon them. Father, that there would be a new joy that would spring up inside of them, a new excitement, that you would do something powerful in them and through them. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 He's doing it. He's doing it right now. The Holy Spirit is touching you right now. The Holy Spirit is moving in your heart right now. You may have been through some tough times. You may have been through some real struggles. Some of you that are watching, you've gone through some tough times. Maybe things didn't turn out the way you thought they were going to be. Maybe you thought your life would be far different than what it is right now. God is saying to you, don't, don't, don't give up. Don't give up. God's doing something new. He's bringing you back to strength. He's helping you again. He's going to make a difference in you right now. Amen? Amen. All right, let me just tell you a couple of things before I close off. This is really important. Just stick with me for a moment. Next weekend at Coast, we're starting a brand new series. I'm so excited. Listen, I've been praying about doing this series for quite some time, and, and I finally felt like God says, now is the time. This is the time to do it. And so we are starting a series called God Still Works Miracles. Did you know that God still does miracles? That he still does them in our lives? And I'm telling you, I'm believing. I'm believing for miracles during this season. I believe that we're going to see some bona fide miracles in this series. And I want to tell you this. God still does them. Do you need a miracle in your life? If there's a miracle in your life. I want your faith to rise up. Listen, here's what I want to ask you to do. Prep your heart. By being in the Word this week, praying for Sunday, praying and asking God to show up. This very first Sunday of the Miracle Series, this is what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about how to pray for a miracle. I'm going to show you a biblical way to believe God for miracles. And then we're going to talk about different types of miracles. Right? We're going to talk about different types. Miracles of healing, miracles of deliverance. I mean, you're just gonna, we're, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of different things. It's a five-week series, and I guarantee you we're going to see some miracles in this series. I say that not because of me, because I know that my God is a miracle-working God. 
Don't forget to give. You can give online by going to our website, coastcommunity.org. I'll just say this, summer months, giving is always down during the summer months. So don't forget to give. You know, give generously. Uh, give, give. And then the fact that we're not even having a service means that some people are not going to give because they're not there. You know, give generously this week. Pray your blessings on that. Now, I want to pray a prayer blessing over you as we get ready to close this out. But before I do that, I want to say, I love you, Coast Community Church. I'm sorry that I couldn't look into your faces today and see you. I was so excited to share this message with you. But we'll see you next week. We'll be here. Continue to pray for those in Louisiana. Continue to pray for the people of Afghanistan. These are important things that we as believers, prayer makes a difference. Continue to pray for them. I want to pray a prayer of blessing over you. Right there in your home, would you just raise your hand? Father, I just pray for miracles in our lives. Father, I thank you for every person that's here today. I pray, Father, that you would bless them, that you would pour your spirit out upon them. Holy Spirit, supernaturally touch their lives this week. I pray that you would give them favor, favor in the eyes of people that they come in contact with. I ask that you would grant them wisdom according to your word, that as, you, as they study your word, that it would bring wisdom into their heart and change them. Father, I pray for, for an anointing on them in the things that they do, an anointing in their, their job during the week, an anointing in, in their family and to lead their family, an anointing as they spend time with their friends. Lord, I pray for an anointing on their life. And then listen to this one. Father, I pray for divine opportunities for us to share our story with somebody, the story of how you've changed our life, that we would have divine opportunities to share that story with other people this week. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. God bless you guys. Looking forward to seeing you next week right there. <laughs> I'm gonna say right here. You're not all getting in my office. Right there at Coast Community Church. And we're looking forward to it. Amen. God bless.